0: Well, hello everyone. This is Lori Rubenstein and it is October 2013 and tonight we're going to talk about self-acceptance and self-compassion. The goal of this particular class is to really learn how to see yourself a little bit more through the eyes of God or at least in a godlike spirit. You know, sort of giving up the belief that you're better or worse than anyone else. The truth is we're really all equal co-learners, and forgiveness is the exercise of compassion, and its purpose is to convert suffering into spiritual and psychological growth. So, you know, here we go. We're talking about compassion, and as you know, if you've looked at any of these other podcasts, it is pretty hard to be compassionate with yourself, especially when you think, that something is actually wrong with you. I know that people are pretty mean and cruel to themselves, and in fact, worse with themselves than with anybody else. I always like to say that we are so abusive that if we treated other people the way we treat ourselves, the way we're so abusive to ourselves, somebody could literally get a restraining order against us. It's pretty bad the things that we say in our own head. So what I want to do, I'm going to talk a little bit about guilt and shame, I'm going to talk about self-acceptance, and I'm going to talk about self-compassion, and I'm even going to give you a little meditation at the end. So there are five categories, this is sort of interesting, there's a man named Fred Luskin, and He is a researcher at Stanford, and he does a lot of research about forgiveness. I mean, you could Google him. He's a pretty cool guy. But he has these different categories of things that people have done that create guilt or shame and needing to be compassionate and forgive themselves. And these are the people that really need to work on self-forgiveness. So number one, the first category, is when you don't meet your own personal relationship, business, or health goals, you know, when you're really feeling like you're just not good enough. So an example of that is I have a goal to diet and to lose 10 pounds and I can never get it done. That's an example of that. Number two is if you fail to take an action at a crucial time in your life, like to help someone, leave a bad relationship, Create strong boundaries with your parents. So, an example of that is to stay in an abusive relationship until the point where you actually got physically hurt or that your child was damaged because they saw you being abused, something like that. Number three is people who hurt somebody in some way, like you cheated, put your family in debt abused another person number four are self-destructive behaviors you know like addictions and i know that a lot of people who are addicts and go through the 12-step program really end up feeling a lot of guilt and shame over the things that they've done of course what they would say is i would never do that now and that's really where you need to be is to stick with this is who i am now that's not who i was And, yes, if you can make amends for things, I think that's great. But the most important thing is to really be looking at today and then look forward. And then five is, Fred Luskin didn't have this, but I added times of war, survival struggles, and military action. And I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of people come back from war and they really feel... Some guilt, you know, they feel some shame over what they've done. And even though you can sort of intellectually say, well, you know, you were following orders, it was time of war, blah, 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 the truth is, one person killing another person is really going to weigh heavily on somebody. And of course, there might be any combination of the above. So I want you to take some time and write down which ones resonate with you the most. So I want to talk a little bit about self-acceptance, and we're going to really start at the place of self-rejection. Here's what self-rejection is. It's identifying more with your ego than with your true essence, and as long as you continue to reject yourself, you're really always going to live in constant fear that you're going to be rejected by others. Can you see how that works? So when you're rejecting yourself, you're rejecting someone else, it's going to just keep mirroring back and forth. There's a piece of you that really feels undeserving, and of course, that is what you end up attracting in your life. And when you're feeling unlovable, you're going to seek love from others or from your ego. This is when your ego just steps right in and says, well, I'll be your friend, and I'll tell you what's wrong with you, and (laughs) I'll tell you what to do. And The self-rejection really causes you to end up being really mean to yourself. It's almost like, well, if others are going to reject me, I'm going to reject myself first. Maybe it will hurt less. Nobody cares about me anyway. It's just a very clear way to show that you don't love yourself. So what our goal is, of course, in this is to stop self-rejection, which of course leads to self-judgment and judgment of others. When you stop that, that's when you start seeing yourself, right, through the eyes of God. There was this quote on a site, and it was called the ABCs of Self-Love by Mimi Shannon, and I wanted to share this with you. In its truest sense, forgiveness isn't about absolution. It's about acceptance. Forgiveness begins and ends with us. It is the key to the jails that we have placed ourselves in. Gales of pain, suffering, resentment, self-pity, rage, blame, accusation, revenge, etc. So the more you accept yourself, you're going to increase your own self-acceptance, letting yourself accept more happiness, allow more love in, more peace, more abundance. And when I talk about that, I'm really not asking you to like live in la-la land here and, you know, step into the belief that you're like the greatest thing that ever lived. I'm not talking about that kind of self-acceptance. That's not realistic. The kind of self-acceptance really comes from being clear about who you are. In fact, self-compassion is really defined as the ability to be clear that you have both strengths and limitations. And you need to know what your strengths and limitations are. What are your talents? What are your strengths? What are your limitations? Take some time to write those down. And then I want you to ask yourself this question. Can you accept that this is true? Can you accept that you do, in fact, have limitations and be okay with that? You know, it's so true when, like, the main focus of what we're thinking is What's wrong with me? What we're doing is we're literally instructing our eyes to only see what is wrong. We're instructing our brain to only think about what is wrong. So we need to turn that around and start concentrating on what is right. And when we start doing that, of course, we notice more. We notice what's right. We can start living from gratitude. So how do you do that? How do you have compassion for yourself? How do you have this empathy or sympathy that you might have for somebody else, but yet it's harder to have that for yourself? Self-compassion is like really the opposite of self-criticism and judgment. It's knowing that as a human you will make mistakes. It's knowing that you have limitations. It's knowing that there are things that you do well and there are things that you don't do well and just living in acceptance. And if we can know that, we do that acceptance piece, we can literally have more compassion for ourselves because we don't live our lives beating ourselves up. You know, as children, we might have been taught to achieve through the use of self-criticism. Like your parent might say, let's say you're running in a race. might try to motivate you by saying something like, well, you're not as fast as Danny is and you need to practice more. And obviously, Danny practices more. And what they do is they sort of put you down and... In some ways, there's some motivation there to do better because you want to please them, right? But what happens is we instinctively learn that, oh, if we criticize ourselves, that is motivation. So what we really want to do is learn new forms of motivation. So, you know, let's say there's some personal trait that you have. You just can't get over it. It might be overweight. You're too lazy, impulsive cheating, abusive, spending too much money, what you might do is beat yourself up about it over and over again, thinking that that's going to get you to change. You know, I can tell you this, for years, right, I would beat myself up about being too fat, and I think by doing that, I'll make changes because I don't like what I see. So what do I do? I push harder and harder at dieting and losing weight. But, okay, so here's the rub, right? When I love myself, when I'm gentle with myself, when I appreciate myself, when I feel more gratitude, it's easier to lose weight. So, I don't know. I mean, I just think that that's such an interesting thing that we can think something is wrong and think that we're changing it by pushing harder, but it really doesn't work. So I want you to take some time and think about how you respond to criticism and how you actually use self-criticism yourself. I just want to say, take some time to see if you can be kinder and more caring to yourself, and ask those questions like, what language would a wise, nurturing, caring friend or mentor use to gently point out behavior of yours that's unproductive, while really encouraging you to do something different. What is the most supportive message that you can think of that's in line with your underlying wish to be healthy and happy? One of the things you can do is literally write a letter from that person, that kind mentoring person to yourself. And just start noticing What happens when you do take on the role of being kinder to yourself? Do you not believe it? Do you get scared and then sabotage yourself? Do you allow love and compassion to come in? You know, just sort of say to yourself, okay, this month I'm going to really stand in that place of being more compassionate with myself. I'm going to notice my inner dialogue. I'm going to treat myself better. I'm going to catch myself when I'm being judgmental. Notice if there's any pain with this. I just want to end with a little prayer and meditation. So sit up and take a deep breath in and out. And take another deep breath in and out. And I want you to focus your energy on your heart. Dear God, Mother, Father, God, Creator of the universe, guides and angels, please help us to change what we can, accept what we cannot change. And please help us to develop the wisdom to know the difference Now imagine that you are peacefully sitting in a quiet serene place without anyone else It's just you the sky above the earth below And as you breathe very deeply you feel the truth that the earth is your home and it takes very good care of you when you let it. Now I want you to have a quiet conversation with God. Tell God the truth that you want to let go of the self-abuse, the self-rejection, and the neediness. Tell God that you're scared because truthfully this is all you know and you're not even sure if you believe all this self-love crap anyway. Please tell God that you are so sick and tired of beating yourself up. You can't do it alone. You need God's help. Now ask God to give you a sign or a message that you are on the right path here. Ask God to help you feel self-love and self-compassion. And as you continue to sit with your eyes shut, see yourself in the meditation opening your eyes to a gift. It could be a gift, of knowledge, wisdom, a gift of any of your senses, like a knowing, a hearing, a seeing, a smell, or a feeling. It could be a sense of how your life could change with self-love and compassion. It could even be a destination or precious item. Get a sense of this gift, accept it, and receive it. And if you are unsure of what this gift means, ask about it and listen for the answer. Now show and feel your appreciation for the gift and take a deep breath. Feel a sense of being taken care of. Of connection, of not being alone in the world. This is oneness. Now ask God to merge with you in a loving embrace. Feel God's love and again ask God to be there to help you love and accept yourself, to help you feel more self-love self-compassion and peace. Now remember this feeling and your gift. Feel more gratitude and please think and feel thank you in your heart. Now, slowly open your eyes and come back. And please take a deep breath And release. So, I hope you enjoyed these forgiveness teachings. This is Lori Rubenstein, and for more information, you may go to www.lorirubenstein.com. Or, for more information on the topic of forgiveness, please purchase the book, Forgiveness, Heal Your Past and Find the Peace You Deserve.